Julie Kelly, God bless her. She shared something with Tucker Carlson about a BuzzFeed article that came out about the hoax kidnapping plot in, in Detroit, which was an FBI invented and instigated farce. 100% designed to affect the election. 100% designed to put meat on the bones of the lie that there is an army of white nationalists just ready to pounce on state capitals. It's the most monumental lie next to COVID that, that I could imagine. God bless her. What was interesting in the BuzzFeed article, aside from how they put the kidnapping plot together, was a protest at the Capitol building in Lansing, Michigan, uh, in April of 2020, which eerily mirrors what happened on January 6th. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now. From the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Thank you so much to our friends at uh, Allen's Artisan Soaps. I said it's earlier today. It really is a gift to my soul <laughs> to be able to talk about what they do in comparison to what's being done to us. It's allenssoaps.com slash Todd, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. If a ruler listens to lies, all his officials will become wicked. Proverbs 29, 12 through 14. So Julie Kelly has been tracking January 6th, of course, through her book, to the appearances on our program, has done the work that is supported, I believe, Tucker's show, and given Tucker the information, along with the people at revolver.us. What we witnessed was such an obvious con job at the time after January 6th. And during January 6th, all of us were suspicious about agitators in the crowd. There were agitators in the crowd. All of us were suspicious about Antifa. There was some Antifa there. We know that now. Uh, but we were also suspicious about Democrats dressed up as Republicans. Now we know that happened. And there were, and we got to be honest about this, there were, in fact, Trump supporters there who took guns and zip ties and attended to take people hostage. It was ugly. And the situation was instigated and promoted, in my judgment, by the FBI and allowed to happen by people like Liz Cheney, who, in fact, argued against a National Guard presence. She organized a, an op-ed. According to her own colleagues, she organized an op-ed to argue against protecting the Capitol on that day. Though President Trump had okayed the troops, but he could he could authorize them, and he did. But he's not able to just bring them into areas. That's not the president doesn't get to do that. That's to uh, I think respect the posse comitatus laws. Comitatus laws. We don't do that. So Julie Kelly's tracked this. Revolver has tracked this. And at the time after January six, I hope you recall because I will never forget watching around the country as state capitals surrounded themselves in fences because armies of white supremacists intended to come and take over the state capitals. I watched in the separate country of Washington state as legislators, elected officials were barred from entering the state capital. If they didn't have their injection diktat passports, they didn't get behind the fences of armed men and women. I watched citizens barred from observing the happenings of their legislature. And yes, I watched in Washington state as some voters went to the door of the governor's mansion, a building in which we let the dictator of Washington state live, the former state of Washington. They went up to his door through an unlocked gate. They walked through an unlocked gate to a house they own. And that was another insurrection, an unlocked gate. Isn't that odd? At the same time as the state capital is surrounded by armed people and the dictator of Washington state had said, we have to do this around the country. They, they, they spent billions of dollars probably on this, at least hundreds of millions 
They did it in Washington, D.C. They continued to do that. Our White House surrounded by a puzzle of gates and fences. All of it for show, all of it theater, all of it expensive. I'll never forget the National Guard troops sleeping on the concrete floor of parking garages. And you had the visiting dignitaries put up in hotels. Of course. You had the figurehead sleeping soundly in his bed that we let him use. The hoax. Well, did it all begin in Detroit? Julie Kelly spoke with Tucker Carlson about this fascinating and interesting comparison between the two events. What was interesting in the BuzzFeed article, aside from how they put the kidnapping plot together, was a protest at the Capitol building in Lansing, Michigan, uh, in April of 2020, which eerily mirrors what happened on January 6th. This includes these militia groups, one of them, the three percenters, who also has been accused of participating in January 6th. Uh, They showed up in military gear. Uh, The police stood down, let them into the building. Even Uh with full military garb, they had firearms. Photographers were there to take pictures. They were banging down doors looking for Gretchen Whitmer and um, all of those Photographs and everything went viral. Sounds really familiar about what happened on January 6th. So there's no reason now for anyone to doubt or be skeptical that this FBI that we know is so highly partisan uh, has now gone after Donald Trump, his associates, and now his supporters for the past five years, that the FBI did not play an instrumental role in infiltrating many of these groups before January 6th and instigating things on that day. So the FBI has done this time and again. And right now, the target, though, is not terrorists. The target is you. And the completely politicized nature of what the FBI has become is something that's almost so gargantuan, it's hard to describe. But this is the comparison I make. If you had your local cops do what the FBI does it would be tremendously obvious. For instance, if your local cops decided to be eco-warriors, here's what they could do. They could pull over every V8 truck that drives by. And listen, I've ridden with cops a couple times, not three times. And they've, they've shown me, yeah, we can find a way to pull you over. Now, it might not withstand a court challenge, so we need to be careful about that. I'll give you, for instance, when I was um, doing a ride along with cops in Spokane, Washington, uh, back in the day, there was a car that caught the eye of the young officer with whom I was riding. And the car had made a series of right-hand turns and was kind of going in a circle. And this is one of the things he said to me, he goes, bad guys turn right. I said, what's that mean? He goes, well, they don't want to turn left because it's harder And because it's easier for us to find a way to pull them over. Also because they might get stuck at a light and that way we can kind of see inside the car. So he said, this guy's wrong. Whoever's driving, he's wrong. And so he began to to tail him. And what he's looking for is the guy to run. I said, so what are you hoping for? He goes, well, I hope he runs because then I have an excuse, right? Then it's not just an excuse. I have a reason to pull him over, but he's wrong. I can tell he's wrong. Everything in me says this guy's wrong. And eventually he said, okay, that's it. I, I said, so what is he goes, I don't think he can see out of the back window. Really? He goes, no, look at all those heads in the, in the back window. I don't think he can see. I, I don't think he can see. Right. And oh, well, oh, wait, that was a low, late signal. So he's noting these things. Yeah. See how lady signaled. So he built up a reason to pull these guys over. Now the civil libertarian in me is like, that's horrifying. And there's a balance to be walked. There is, but they pulled him over. And it turned out that, in fact, the guy driving the car was wanted for murder. Good call. And a bunch of people in the car were gang members, and they had a whole bunch of guns and a whole bunch of drugs. Now, he took a risk by the way he stopped them. He knew that. And maybe it doesn't withstand a court challenge, but that night, that murderer was in jail. 
That night, that felon who's not allowed to have firearms didn't have firearms. And I never followed up to find out if, in fact, that survived that sort of traffic stop. Because if they had a good attorney, it might be pretty questionable. But your cop, your local cop could do this. They could be eco-warriors. They could just start pulling over any V8 vehicle that drives by with some excuse. You know what? I don't think your lift kit uh, is legal. I, I think you're over height. I think these tires are too big. Uh, you know what? Your tires look bald to me. You're driving on bald tires. And um, you know what? Uh, I don't think your catalytical con- or catalytic converter's working. Um, you know, uh, look to me like your, your, uh, your signal lights shorting out. Uh, I didn't see your brake lights come on. There's a whole bunch of reasons for, that they could make up. And it's really just to hassle you. And if you began to notice every time you drove home, wait a minute, how come they're pulling over every V8 truck? Because they hate you. Because they're eco-warriors. Because they've determined that V8 trucks are the great poison. They could do this. The FBI doing this on a monumental basis is just as obvious. And it speaks to a growing need for them to cover up. Tomorrow, I'm so excited about this program. I can't stop thinking about it. I've been waiting for a structure to use to sue the Mockingbird media, to present the case that, in fact, we can sue the Mockingbird media for killing people, uh, helping to kill people with the injections and the lockdowns and the denial of care. The Alex Jones verdict is just that. Alex Jones, he, he is, is now convicted of defaming the Sandy Hook families, calling them crisis actors, et cetera. So he's going to be ordered to pay, has been ordered to pay like 45 million bucks. All right, fair enough. The Mockingbird Media called doctors conspiracy theorists. They, they called them liars. They decried early treatments. They killed people. You know, with all due respect to the people who lost kids in, 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 in wives and wives and husbands at Sandy Hook, because I know a guy whose mom was in there. Yes, horrible, awful, horrendously evil, satanic murders. The killing of people by denying early treatment dwarfs that in size and the lies of the Mockingbirds, Dorfit and, and Scope. So we're going to explore that at the Alex Jones show. That'll be tomorrow. But the lies and the cover-ups around January 6th gives us an opportunity to explore who is running the FBI and why are they lying on this level and what do they seek? Well, let's apply the not chaos theory as we roll through the show. You know my not chaos theory, right? Incompetence breeds chaotic results. Sometimes even incompetence get lucky and do the right thing. A stop clock is right twice a day. Reno did all those sayings. Let's examine this through the it's not chaos filter as we roll through the program. Ted Cruz talked with Chris Ray. There was the case against individuals charged with kidnapping and murdering Governor Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. That case ended up an absolute debacle where the four people who went to trial, two of them were acquitted, two received mistrials. None of them were convicted on even a single charge, and the basis of the defense was entrapment, that the FBI, that paid enforcements for the FBI, had suggested and had incited the conduct. Let me ask you, how many FBI agents were disciplined or reprimanded after that disastrous case and the misconduct that led to every defendant being acquitted or having a mistrial on every charge? Uh, Senator, I can't comment on a personnel matter. I can tell you that that case, as I understand it, is now pending a, uh, a retrial, as I understand it. Well, the special agent in charge of that case has now been sent to D.C., to the Washington, D.C. office, and now leads the investigation regarding January 6th. Is that correct? That doesn't sound right to me. That does not sound right. The, the, the name of the individual is Stephen D'Antuno. He was, he was run out of the FBI Detroit field office. And by the way, I will point okay. out that the lead investigator, Special Agent Track, are you aware that he was apparently fired for allegedly beating his wife after coming home from a swingers party and he'd made multiple derogatory political posts about President Trump showing political bias? Are you aware of that? I am aware of, I think, the incident you're describing uh, and action that was taken about it. Uh, to clarify on the first part of your question, uh, Mr. D'Antuano was the special agent in charge of the office 
uh, the Detroit field office and is now the assistant director in charge of the Washington field office. I thought you were asking about the agent who was responsible for the. So the guy in charge got promoted and is now in charge of the January 6th investigation. The guy in charge of the whole Detroit field office is now in charge of the whole Washington field office. That is astonishing. Isn't it? Let's run it through the it's not chaos filter. Uh, what happened to Rochelle Walensky, who has overseen the disastrous em uh, employment of the useless and all too often harmful and very regularly deadly mRNA injections? Basically got a raise. What happened to Francis Collins? who paid for, using our money, gain-of-function research to make viruses more deadly in concert with the Chinese Communist Party. He retired in style. You'll pay him 300 grand or so per year to not work. You will. What about Tony Fauci? He continues unchallenged. Just this weekend, that man, that grifting liar, just this weekend said, well, look, people who don't get their boosters are facing a very long and very, very dark winter. Uh, they're going to get very, very sick. He's still peddling it. Do you remember Lois Lerner? Lois Lerner was the lady at the IRS who admitted to targeting conservative donors. She admitted it in a speech because she knew there was an article coming out about it. So she pretended to apologize. She illegally uh, is what well, it, it was her office who that illegally gave the Department of Justice the names of conservative donors. The Department of Justice illegally pursued these donors to intimidate them. The IRS illegally asked conservative groups who wanted to get into the elections like True the Vote illegally asked people running through the vote, what are your dreams? Here's some questions we're going to ask you. What books do you read? What are your dreams? What do you talk about in your private groups? I'm sorry you don't get to ask those questions. Lois Lerner, where is she? Oh, that's right. She retired in style. You pay her to not work. She got away with that. The chaos theory would mean that the incompetence in D.C. sometimes punish, punish some of their own because they're incompetent buffoons. But that's not what happens. Only one side of the political spectrum faces punishment. Contrast and compare Black Lives Matter Incorporated to the January 6th people in January 6th, people who've been in, all, in, in, in confinement on their own, solitary for going on 390 days. Speaking of that, the Lord Jesus is pretty clear about the treatment of people in prison. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you, oh, and, oh pardon me. I was, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. There he's talking about the positive, the inverses. He said, you did not come. And he's saying, as you treat the least of these, so you treat me. Where are the Republicans who've gone to visit the January 6th prisoners? Well, I guess we're not really allowed to do that, are we? Or there's this, Hebrews 13.3, continue to remember those in prison. If you're together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves are suffering. Julie Kelly's done this. Julie Kelly has done this with the people in prison, some of them who may have done wrong, some of them who did nothing. We have Dr. Simone Gold in prison right now because she walked into the Capitol, invited in, allowed in. She read a speech she had prepared to speak on stage with President Trump. She wasn't allowed to give that speech because this, the, the, the venue got shut down. She walked into the Capitol peacefully. The doors were open. She read from a piece of paper. Her speech, because people had come to hear her and she didn't want to disappoint them. For that, Dr. Simone Gold is in prison for 60 days. She's there now, except it's not for that. It's because she stood up against the party. So if we compare this to the it's not chaos theory. No, Christopher Ray is lying. The fact is the promotion of the FBI Office director, field office director from Detroit is directly because he allowed this. 
It's a payoff to doing what the party wanted done, which was a hoax kidnapping attempt of a hoax governor. She stopped being governor when she started to become a dictator. When you start to treat people that way, you no longer get to call yourself governor if we're being truthful. Isaiah 10 verse 1, woke to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees. Indeed, indeed. Maybe not in this life, but in the one to come. I did have the dinner I was talking about last week uh, with my loved one who's joined the Soda Weight Loss program at sodaweightloss.com. It gave me tremendous joy uh, to walk into the restaurant and see this relative um, who is as close to me as anyone and to look at her eyes and say to her, you are sparkling. And she said, it's, I feel really good. I feel really good this way. And to sit and eat dinner together at a restaurant. And if you'd like to know, I had a great big 12 ounce steak with mushrooms and, um, and horseradish. And she had a smaller steak and a bunch of veggies. Oh, I had chili too. Fantastic chili. And watching her go through the menu ask the questions that the soda weight loss protocol would have you ask and leave the restaurant absolutely satisfied. Loved it. We talked about being hungry. She said, yeah, I've had some times of hunger. And so I talked with my nutritionist and she has given me some tricks. You want to know one of the tricks? Whipped cream in her coffee. I, I never thought of that. And my loved one said, yeah, I've tried it. It's delicious. And I spread it through. Wait. You're losing fat from your body, unwanted fat by having whipped cream in your coffee. How's that work? They are healthcare providers by background. They know how to unlock things. They know how to unlock the fat from your body. They know how to get it to release because your body is designed to hold on to it. It really is. And they know about those little bumps in the road. My loved one felt hungry. She called. They adjusted things. She doesn't feel hungry anymore. If you're attempting to drop unwanted fat from your body and you're spending a lot of time feeling hungry, you are not going to be very successful. And if you are, it will bounce back on you. Look at that show. You know that show alone? Look at those people who drop 90 pounds. Look at them three months later. It's right back. These guys are the best at this. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A, weightloss.com. My wife's on the program. Whole bunch of people from the show are on the program. SodaWeightLoss.com. There is some really interesting things going on as we talk about the not chaos theory. This is so bizarre. Um, the FBI, Revolver.News, has proof that the FBI is hiding footage of the so called pipe bomber. Hiding footage? Wait, that must be incompetence and chaos. No. They continue to hide tens of thousands of hours of footage from the Capitol. Oh, that's just that's just incompetence. No. The Secret Service wiped their phones for January 6th. Must be incompetence. Really? Because the Department of uh, Defense just wiped theirs. That makes the third, third federal agency to wipe their devices. Oh, it's just, it's just incompetence and chaos. No, it's not. The Department of Defense wiped phones of key officials in the Trump administration. So January 6th texts were deleted. And this is now from court filings. Now, all of this, of course, can be prevented. This wiping of phones, here's how. Everything they send goes into a cloud. We get it whenever we want it. The one objection they can make is it's an active court hearing or it's a national intelligence. And they have to make that case to a non-DC based court. They have to make that to a judge. We get to choose the judge. And it's not in DC. There's all sorts of ways to block this stuff. But of course, they're not interested in blocking this stuff. Cruz continued to talk to Chris Ray about January 6th and the events surrounding this. 
include things like Black Lives Matter. Instead, you identify patriotic Americans as suspect. And I would note there's a pattern of this. As you're aware, the National Association of School Boards asked the Attorney General to investigate parents as domestic terrorists under the Patriot Act. Now, it did so because it was upset about moms and dads coming to school boards and disagreeing with the policies of those schools. Five days after that letter, the Attorney General sent a memo to you directing the FBI to target parents for investigation. Since that time, the National Association of School Boards has apologized for the letter because it was so indefensible, but that hasn't stopped the FBI. In fact, you've created a specific threat tag uh, directed at parents. So let me ask you, how many moms and dads who have spoken up at school boards has the FBI interviewed or investigated since the memo from the attorney general? Well, first off, I'll say I'm not aware of any. But second, let me address the issue. You're not aware of any? Like Is, the House of Representatives has written you and asked you, you would about let me, If you would let me. So please answer. Please. Uh, let me say to you and to this committee the same thing I said to every FBI field office after I read the memo which was that the FBI is not going to be in the business of investigating speech or policing speech at school board meetings or anywhere else, uh, and that we're not about to start now, that threat violence, threats of violence, that's a different matter altogether, and there we will work with our state local partners as we always have. So, Director, you Ray, asked about, Director, you asked Ray, about Director Ray, our time is, are, do you know how many parents you have interviewed or investigated since that, that memo? I am aware that we have had a small number of assessments just less than an investigation and a few full investigations. It must be chaos. It must be incompetence that he doesn't know. No, listen so closely to the language. We're not going to investigate speech. What does that mean? You're not going to investigate speech. That's not what you're being accused of. It's not that you're investigating speech. It's that it's the lowest learner thing. It only takes a couple of times for parents to have a knock on the door by the FBI or a phone call from the FBI. Well, it'd be a knock on the door. A knock on the door from the FBI saying, hey, we're here to talk with you about some things you said at the school board. For that stuff to get around, that's the intended effect. Furthermore, why is the FBI involved in any way with what's said in a city or county school board meeting? That's what sheriffs and local police departments are for. Why are they involved in any capacity? The, the actual response should be that has nothing to do with this. That's not a federal jurisdiction. Remember, these are the people who couldn't be bothered to act upon tips of how many people who used guns to murder people when they could have used F SUVs and bombs? How many cases did they, yeah, oh yeah, we were aware of the person. That they have all sorts of time to go investigate school board things, even if it's a small number. But this is where it comes down to understanding Washington, D.C. And it's Chuck Grassley is talking to Chris Ray, and this says everything. Try this sometime when you're in, in, a, in a very tense meeting, or if you're drawn to court, try it. Try this. You're in court, and you're sitting there in front of a judge, and let's say it's just a traffic ticket, and the, the prosecutor's asking you questions, and you look at your watch and say, hey, Your Honor, I am late for a meeting. I need to run. And, and, and just see how that goes over for you if, if you try that. And see what the judge says to you if you demand to leave because you're late for a meeting. Because that's exactly what happened during this session. Senator, I, I uh, had had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here. Um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at 1.30. So that was, that's how we ended up where we are. If it's your, if it's your business trip, you got your own plane. Can it wait a while? Sorry, to be honest, um, I, I've, I've tried to make my break as fast as I could to get right back out of here. John, so we you resume. took more than five minutes. 
<laughs> this is a tight ship, Mr. Director. Uh, listen, I, I don't recall mentioning in a second round. I want to accommodate as many as I can and still be respectful of the fact that this is your third appearance in two years before this committee. That's, that's, I appreciate uh, that very much. That's Dick Durbin, who was given an everlasting nickname. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, uh, look, I, I grew up listening to the Maha. That's, uh, folks, that's little. <laughs> you guys know the nickname, don't you? Little Dick Durbin. <laughs> oh, man. I'm recording in a fasting state, by the way. Um, as I'm recording this, I'm actually in a, in a nutritional fast. But by choice, by design, and with full knowledge that it might make me a little bit goofy, but ain't that fun? <laughs> little Dick Durbin. Oh, what was the other one? Dirty Harry was good. But I, for this, for the, for the life of me, I, I was sad the day. Now, see, now I'm going to have to do the commercial music again. Um, I was sad the day that Rush stopped calling... Uh, <laughs> Bill Clinton. Do you remember the first Bill Clinton nickname? It was Slick Willie. Oh, they had a song about Slick Willie. You guys remember that? And I, I and the uh, Der Schlickmeister. We played. Oh, now I'm on a I'm on a true tangent. Um, back when Rush was still with us, God God rest him. Uh, we played one of the best Rush moments was when he um, he met Slick Willie in a restaurant. And he was in New York and the Slickster, Der Schlickmeister walked in and caught Limbaugh's eye and actually went over and said hello to him. And Der Schlickmeister was with some women, as I recall. And he actually talked with Rush for a bit. And, and he said, hey, it was a pleasant conversation. And I'll give him credit for that. But um, when Rush would do the, the Clinton voice and, and would, would interact as, as Rush and Clinton, uh, you know, Limbaugh is Richie Donner's son. No, you don't get this. Oh, man, it was a thing of beauty. All right, so now I need to do this transition music again, but I'll make it short. Thing of beauty. They're Schlickmeister, Slick Willie, Dirty Harry. What are some other ones? Ma'am. <laughs> remember that? Diane Feinstein was ma'am. You know why, right? Do you guys remember that? Please call me Senator. Was that Feinstein or that other? No, it was that other one from California. Coming up this Thursday. No, it's not this Thursday. It is Thursday the 18th. Um, we're going to have another live webinar with, with Zach Abraham from Bulwark Capital Management. So this will be coming yeah, Thursday the 18th of August. So the live webinars are these. Um, it is an opportunity to hear from Zach about what does risk management mean? When, when you say risk management, what does that mean? and the focus of Bulwark Capital Management. And, and then he'll explain also why they've been saying the 60-40 stock bond mix thing, why that's over and why that doesn't work in this insanely, and in my judgment, designed to be inflationary environment that the party has created as they continue, in my judgment, to raid the treasury. So he'll talk about that. And at the end of this, he does take questions from people and address some of those things and also goes through some of the really common questions like, um, hey, why, why would I want estate planning or do I need long-term care insurance? So he'll address that in, in a general sense. When should people take Social Security? Um, most importantly, he goes through some of the news of the day and news of the week and what's going on in finance. He'll even talk about the performance of the portfolio. And the company, Bulwark Capital Management, reminder of this, that 90 to 95% of Zach's net worth is actually tied up in that company. And that should be meaningful for you. If you're looking at an investment advisor or an investment advisory firm like Bulwark Capital Management, when they have full skin in the game like that, you better believe that Zach treats it as stewardship. And he does because he's a Christian man, but also because his net worth is tied up in it. So truly, in this way, your success is his success. It's um, Bulwark Capital Management live webinar. You do have to register in advance Thursday, August 18th at a.m. 3 p.m. You just go to knowyourriskradio.com. That's K-N-O-W, knowyourriskradio.com. 
Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Though, let's take this back through the it's not chaos filter. All right. So this is okay. Chris Ray, he's, he's, this is just an unhappy thing. It's happenstantial. Um, it's a big agency. Therefore it's going to have chaos in it because it's a big agency. And therefore you can expect to see chaos. That's all that's going on. It's not, it's not malfeasance. Well, we can go back to Russia. We can go to the every Trump hoax. Or we could just go down to another level. Let's just take this down to another level. Let's take this down to the level of, let's just do something well, like drunk driving. Let's just do that. So in the case of drunk driving, let's just, let's, let's, let's pick a name out of the hat. Let's, let's pick, let's pick Paul Pelosi. Okay, so Chris Ray oversaw the Russia hoax. Chris Ray's FBI lied to the FISA court twice. Chris Ray's FBI lied to the American people. Chris Ray's FBI instigated the the hoax kidnapping in Michigan. Uh, Chris Ray refuses to say how many FBI agents were involved in helping to instigate and make worse January 6th, although we know they did that. Um, we, we, know, we know those things without question. He gets away with that. He gets promoted. He continues on. Everybody in the Hulk continues on. No one's been punished that we've heard of about the FISA court thing. Probably no one's going to be punished. But that's just, it's just this big organization. It's just, just chaotic. Let me ask you this. We talked last hour about Dr. Simone Gold. Or was it this hour? No, this hour. Dr. Simone Gold's in prison for 60 days for giving a speech that disagrees with the party on COVID. I thought the FBI, they didn't investigate speech, but apparently the Capitol Hill police does because that was speech. She was let into the building. So let's just contrast and compare. Where is Paul Pelosi these days? Paul Pelosi, who was, of course, the husband of the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. What's going on with him, Fox News? Paul Pelosi did not appear in person. His lawyer entered not guilty, please, and then left in a hurry, dodging questions about her client's behavior that night. According to court documents, Pelosi's breath reeked, and he flunked a sobriety test after he allegedly drove his Porsche into the path of an SUV, injuring that driver and totaling both cars. Highway Patrol officers noted Pelosi's eyes were red and watery. He was unsteady on his feet, and his speech was slurred. When they asked for his ID, the 82-year-old handed over his license, along with an 1199 <laughs> Foundation membership card. That's a charitable organization that supports police and their families. If he was hoping that would get him special treatment, it didn't yes, work. It did. They arrested Pelosi and locked him up for a few hours at the Napa County Jail. Here's his mugshot. And he was charged with two misdemeanor counts of drunk driving causing injury. His blood alcohol level was just above the legal limit, but it was taken two hours after the crash. Time for Pelosi to sober up, but a licensed phlebotomist was needed to come to the station late on a Saturday night. Legal analysts say that may account for the delay. The Napa County District Attorney says if the 48-year-old SUV driver had broken bones or suffered more serious injuries, the charges here would have been felonies. Nancy Pelosi, who was in Rhode Island at the time, had no comment on her husband's arrest, which was filmed by Highway Patrol officers. Police release dash cam video all the time, but despite repeated requests from Fox News, the video of Pelosi's arrest is still under wraps. <laughs> That, that, that it didn't work. The special treatment didn't work. Yes, it did. He got the special treatment. The dash cam footage has not been released. I, there's some actress, Anne Heche. I don't. I I know she's famous, but I don't know for what. Um, she apparently was driving erratically. Well, it's not apparent. There's a video of it, and then she crashed into someone's house. <laughs> that that's already been released, but not Paul Pelosi. So it's it's chaos, though. It's just chaos. It's just incompetence. Well, let's run it further through the filter. Let's do a contrast and compare. Let's just look for consistency. You know, those whataboutisms are incredibly important tools. So let's look for some whataboutisms. Let's contrast this. Well, what about the um, the chaos that is the, the um, incompetence of public health? Okay, let's talk about that. 
The White House, the people who run Joe Biden have announced that there's going to be a monkeypox czar. Got that? And at the same time as that's happening, a monkeypox czar. What is that czar said about the super spreader event in San Francisco? San Francisco had another uh, pride event. Um, This one is the kink and fetish festival. (laughs) The kink and fetish festival is a whole bunch of people that get together and, and celebrate all sorts of physically dangerous sex acts. And there have been, uh, look, ah, boy. Gosh, the things I could tell you about these festivals. All right. I'm going to speak. I'm going to put a timer on this. In fact, I'm going to get out a stopwatch. Hold on. I'm going to get my, um, my stopwatch because this is going to be hard to take. I am going to, in um, about 10 seconds, I'm going to try to do this in 90 seconds. So I'm going to do a countdown, and then for about 90 seconds, if you're listening with family or you do not want to hear a description of the most vile um, street activity of people having sex in public, at, at events like this. And there's a purpose for it. I, it's not to be gross. It's not to try to do shock jock stuff. It's just not, it's just to share with you what I know about events like this because I've seen it with my own eyes. Um, and it compares. It's, it's the chaos theory, right? The same czar, health czar, who shut down churches, schools, and health clubs and let the strippers stay going and, and casinos stay going and, and um, the pot shops and the liquor stores, they're not even trying to stop this. They're not even trying to stop this. Like the light part of this is people getting publicly paddled in a sexual way. But what I'm going to share with you, I actually saw with my own eyes. So about 90 seconds in three, two, one. There was um, a whole video collective of what happened during one of the pride events in some of the side events. So there's the mainstream pride event that, that goes down, you know, planned paths within San Francisco. There are a whole bunch of side events. There's side events where you walk into a, a building and you agree that you you have to sign a release that when you walk in, you understand that people are going to grab your genitals and they're going to um, uh, touch you in various ways. And you have to be okay with that. And you go in and it's so dark, you don't even know who's who. And you just go in and body parts. Then there were the um, elephantine testicle men who would wrap their testicles in like um, rubber bands to constrict the blood flow to blow them up to the size of basketballs and then would stand on the street corner and pleasure themselves and then be pleasured by other men. All of this within sight of cops. Much of this uh, was witnessed by children. And I could get worse. I won't. But I, I could I could detail some things that would that would just beyond that would shock you. So in three, two, one. So that's that's what happens in some of these events. So the White House monkeypox are has nothing to say about that. Oh, that's just incompetence. They're just it's a big organization. No, it's not. It's the same organization that, as we talked about last hour with, with Ron DeSantis, that is that is surgically and chemically transing kids. Same organization. Um, the same senator from the state of California who worked with Gavin Newsom to legalize men taking out their sexual desires on the bodies of boys. That's literally what they did. They decriminalized adult men taking out their sexual desires on the bodies of kids. 
Um, Scott Weiner wrote this. Weiner wrote this. Lots of sex shaming of gay men around monkeypox. Same shaming we saw in the 1980s re-HIV. Lecturing people to not have sex isn't a public health strategy. It doesn't stop HIV. It made it worse. It won't stop monkeypox. What will work is vaccination, testing, and education. That guy lives in a state that still practices lockdowns, that still intends to mask kids, that still intends to force them to get injected. That guy lives in the same place. That guy is pretending that not doing the thing that leads to the illness will not stop the illness. Oh, it's just chaos. It's just confusion. It's just incompetence. No, it's really not. It's pattern. And people are seeing it further and further and further these days. And people are watching it more closely these days. And it's not the crime, although we've seen the crime, it's the cover-up. And this is the incredible news. Go back through the program. We're watching the cover-up. We're watching it unfold and be revealed what the monkeypox are. We're watching Paul Pelosi's treatment. We're not going to get to see the footage. We're watching an FBI director who has his own plane he gets to use whenever he wants. Say he's late for a flight. We're watching now three federal agencies that wiped their phones of the time frame of January 6th. We're watching an FBI repeat what was done in Michigan. The cops in Michigan let people dressed in military gear, open carrying into the state Capitol. They let them in. Capitol Hill police let people in. Oh, and killed people in tunnels, beating them to death. We're watching it be revealed for us. And this is a harbinger of things to come. Mika 7, verse 3, concerning evil, both hands do it well. The prince asks also the judge for a bribe, and the great man speaks the desire of his soul, so they weave it together. Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees. The Lord, I think, this is me, This is me doing a dangerous thing, guessing the ways of God. I think this is the Lord saying, for all these reasons, this is the Lord setting out the whereases and where to force. Whereas you acted this way in direct contravention of my word, whereas these people did this to others, whereas the depravity has reached this level, whereas some people have promoted this depravity, whereas this stands directly against how I taught you to act, I have poured out this cup of wrath. He is that God too. And speaking of deception, I want to issue a challenge. A couple of weeks ago, a brother in a meeting shared his soul. And I won't go into detail because it's not mine to tell. It was a meeting of Christian brothers and I was so proud of my friend. He shared his soul what was on his heart. And he even wept a little, although he might punch me for saying it. I was so proud of him. We all were. I want to issue, issue a challenge. It's the truth challenge. I want to issue this challenge. I went and spoke with a pastor and, and talked to him about some of my worries about the harm that has befallen my daughter and how I worried that maybe my sin contributed to that. And I shared this with him and I told him, I have never shared this with another human being. I want to share with you. And I shared it with him. And he said the most remarkable thing. He said, me too. 
Me too. And in that moment of honesty, I wept. I sobbed. And he told me, I'm proud of you. And he embraced me. And that made me sob further. And I couldn't figure it out. I told him, I, uh, he goes, it's okay to cry. I said, no, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to crying. I'm just trying to figure out why this is so heavy. And then it occurred to me, I've never been told by a man his age, I'm proud of you. Ever. Certainly not for something like that. And I should say that in, in sharing with the pastor, I, I of course told my wife of these feelings. I mean, we talked about these feelings. So I should say, you know, human being outside of marriage. It was that honesty. A couple of weeks ago, my brother did the same thing. Are there people in your midst who are asking you, how are you? And you're lying. See, all this deception we just talked about, the, the Lord is revealing this. Do you think he doesn't know? When a brother or sister says to you, how are you? And you say, I'm fine. It's, it's good. I want to issue you a challenge. With the people you can trust, that is people who keep competence, people who walk with God, people who show that they're trustworthy, that is they do what they say they're going to do, they don't lie to you. People who are empathetic, that is people who put themselves in your place and they don't try to change you. They don't offer simple tautologies and simple ways that, hey, just do this and it'll all be good. In other words, they're trustworthy. Will you take me up on a challenge? Will you share? How are you? Man, I'm really struggling. I could really use an opportunity to talk about how I'm struggling. Would you hear me? Uh, I started to do this to an obsessive degree. <laughs> and it was funny. You know, someone in the, at work, how are you? Well, my daughter tried to commit suicide by jumping off a roof. It's really a hurtful time. I'm feeling really hurt. And some people just go, oh, good. And then go, wait, 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 wait. What? Yeah. Wait, that happened? Yes. Oh my gosh. And since it's Seattle, they'd say, oh, that sucks. And in Idaho, people say, hey, can I pray with you right now? Can I pray with you right now? So will you take me up on that challenge? Please make sure it's a safe person in the ways that I've described. Because these lies are monumental. They affect so many. They're wicked and they're evil. I believe they come from the father of lies. But you know what else? The father of lies likes, he likes us isolated. He likes us lonely. He likes us to not be able to share our hearts because it's in the secrets, in the darkness where Satan operates. Hey, I wonder if that's why people wipe their phones. This is the Todd Herman Show. We do appreciate it when you hit the share button on your podcast app. It's there somewhere. Just pop it to friends and say, hey, show meant something to me. Now, please go be well, be strong, be kind. And in a godly way, please take me up on the honesty challenge.